0: Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But not just any bay. It's Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School. A podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Mike Eisen, And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Morgan, let's go meet some old
1: friends. Ooh, yes, let's.
0: Uh, by that... I'm, they're not really that great of friends, honestly, uh, given the way this episode goes. But let's meet them anyways. Uh, also,
1: to be clear, this is not a guest episode, which that kind of makes it sound like it was. It makes it sound
0: like it is. It makes it sound like it's an old friend also who we have not like talked to before or talked to in a while. No, mm-hmm. it's none of that. It's just this shit show. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love this show. Um <laughs> Uh, So let's talk a little bit about this show. This episode is called Old Friends. It is season one, episode 20. It is the second to last episode of season one of Baywatch, which is crazy. We've been through (laughs) 20 episodes plus a pilot movie of this show. It feels like we've been doing this forever.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) um, I think that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing, but- Yeah, we'll get more into that, I guess, next episode. (laughs) Anyways, so this episode was written by William A. Schwartz, who wrote Muddy Waters, Home Court, Armored Car, Cry of the Shallows, Cruise Ship, Drowning Pool. Uh, He's written a lot. Directed by Douglas Schwartz. Uh, Now, if you remember, Douglas Schwartz married Gregory Bonin's sister, the creator of Baywatch. So he's one of the original writers. And this is the first episode directed by him. So, we actually have some of the original creative vision, I guess, here. Uh, This was originally aired March 30th, 1990. Now, let's talk about some of the actors. First off, we have Susan Diole, who plays Kate Jarvis. She was previously in an ABC show from 1998 called Hot House. Uh, Now, Morgan, what do you think Hot House is
1: about? Um... My joke answer is that it's a reality show about attractive people. Um, But my real, but still kind of a joke answer is that it's about tomatoes. What? (laughs) Like tomatoes, like like hothouse tomatoes.
0: You mean like a greenhouse? What? I don't I guess I don't know types of tomatoes. (laughs) It's not like one of my my main knowledge points, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, You're very (laughs) off. Like, so far off.
1: I am, uh, I am shocked to
0: hear that, <laughs> let me tell you. It's a medical drama about a psychiatric clinic run by a family in Boston. Huh. Don't know why they call it Hot House, but it feels offensive. Um, yeah, it does.
1: I don't like it.
0: <laughs> no, it lasted seven episodes, so there you go. Uh um, Wow. More notably, also, she was on Days of Our Lives, a soap opera. Uh, Everyone was on Days of Our Lives. She was in 63 episodes between 1990 and 1991. Also, she was in a movie you may know of. uh, It was quite infamous a few years ago called Loquitia. Do you remember this movie?
1: Oh, is that the shitty racist radio host thing?
0: Yes, it is. Uh, oh,
1: God.
0: She's not a main character in it, but she is, like, enough to be listed in the main Wikipedia credits. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that movie sucks. Don't—I've I've never watched it. I will Same. never watch it. Same. Uh It just seems horrible. Next up, we have Jeff Lester, who plays Lance Jarvis. Uh, I don't know if his real name is worse than the fake name. uh. <laughs> They're so both bad. Uh he will come back in two years as a completely different character. Uh but Baywatch, even though he comes back in two years, is still his last acting appearance. Um wow. so this is he has this, and then his next acting appearance is again Baywatch in two years, and that's it. Um he's still alive.
1: While we're talking about him, and maybe this is just a continuation of the recurring segment whereby Morgan can't tell people apart. Did he not look like Paul Rudd to you in the nighttime picnic scene in this? Yeah, yeah, he kind of did. OK, I'm glad I it's ca- not just me. I don't, there's times where I mistook
0: him for court. Oh, yeah, totally. Because uh, they're both just like tall dudes with brown hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Jeff Lester is still alive. He moved to directing, writing, producing. Uh, notably, in his acting career, his first credit ever is for the TV series Walking Tall. Did you know, do you know about Walking Tall?
1: I only know about Walking Hard.
0: Okay. Well, Walking Tall was made into a movie in 2004 starring The Rock. It was like his first big movie. Um, it was The Rock and Sean William Scott. And it's about a guy who comes back from war and he decides to be a police officer. And his notable thing is that he carries around a giant fucking two by four. And it's based partially on a true story. Uh, And it kind of made The Rock into a legitimate name in acting because it is 2004. Uh, But it wasn't the case for the TV show. Next up, we have Hope Marie Carlton. Uh, She plays a very important character in this episode uh, called Woman in Boat.
1: Oh, my Uh, God. Yes, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about this because she is literally credited in the credits and on IMDb as Woman in Boat.
0: Yeah. Now, also, she was in the Baywatch pilot movie. Really? As and this is the credit Trevor's girl. Oh, my God. Also, she was one of the models in the armored car.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. She was also a Playboy model. So I'm honestly kind of shocked she wasn't, you know, put into more roles on this show. But that's a yeah. decent amount of roles. Um, huh. But yeah, she's... Fuck. Like, you could have at least given her a name for the right? amount of time she's in this scene and talks.
1: Yeah. I. This show has such a problem with especially female extras just not doing anything with them. Like, they are purely just plot devices, and it is truly starting to drive me up a wall. Well,
0: it's not like that didn't change into, you know, 2019 with Game of Thrones. Well, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's always been a problem.
1: I'm not saying that we've gotten away from that trope. I'm just saying that it is so blatant in this show that, uh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. Uh, next up, we have Marissa Ribisi. Uh She plays Paula here. Uh, she's probably better known as being the sister of Giovanni Ribisi, who is okay. a famous actor. Uh, she was in uh, Dazed and Confused and the TV show Grown Ups. And okay. just like the other Ribisi, uh she's a Scientologist.
1: Oh, I didn't know that about either of them. Yep. Damn it. So,
0: I'm <laughs> uh, sorry I ruined the Rabisi family for you. Um, <laughs> now, last is a character named Paul, and he is played by a little-known guy named Trey Parker. No, not the Trey Parker from South Park. A different, completely different, different, completely different, different <laughs> Trey Parker.
1: <laughs> yeah, I... Also, looked at that particular credit on IMDb and was like, wait, what the fuck? I know, right? Is in fact a different person. At
0: first, I was, uh, there was like one place I looked up that credited it as the same Trey Parker. And I was like, (laughs) no, no, it can't be. And it wasn't. So there you go. Uh, (laughs) But, Morgan, want to take us into this episode?
1: Yeah, let's do it. We open this episode with a very cute dog, which, I mean, just right there, you win points in my book. mm mm-hmm. um, Court and Eddie are chilling on a boat, and Court is throwing bones in hopes of being able to throw some bones, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> throwing bones
0: to throw bones. Podcast <laughs> motto right there. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I already. We're starting off with a great...
1: Oh, God. Oh, yeah. This scene is very horny. Um, yes. And I I can't not play into that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so his basic plot here is there's an attractive woman in boat um, on a boat. That's her first name,
0: I mean, mm-hmm. clearly. Uh,
1: and she has a dog, and he is convinced that if he can make the dog jump into the water, then she will notice and court will save the dog and then be able to sleep with her. And Eddie correctly thinks that this is very stupid, Uh, but it does work. And that made me angry because I didn't want it to. Um. And then we don't see her for the rest of the episode. We, we have no evidence that she sleeps with them. Yeah. But the fact that it even goes as far as like there are, driving her boat together and being flirty like you can you can tell where the show was intending this to go and i hate it just throw in bones i mean i don't
0: know what you're talking
1: about <laughs> <laughs> but uh after after courts done getting some bones wet uh garner <laughs> mitch and craig are going to go on vacation and garner just doesn't want to go hang gliding And says that there's no possible way I'll jump off a cliff again, which of course means that he will by the end of the episode. Uh, And spoiler, he does. Um, Let's also add here a very
0: important note. Mm -hmm. They are going on a trip to the Santa Monica Mountains. Yes. And this show takes place in Malibu.
1: Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a similar question about later in the episode, and I'm yes. glad that you also noticed this nonsense.
0: This this episode is absolute fucking nonsense. But let's. But we have to. But it's a journey to that nonsense, so we have to get there.
1: It sure is. The next bit of journey beginningness that we see <laughs> is that uh, court and woman on boat are on woman on boats. Boat uh, flirting, <laughs> and someone on a boat drives by, and there's spooky music. And Court thinks that he recognizes whoever was driving the boat. Yep. And it, then it then cuts. To him, have th-
0: this is. I needed to read this note directly, so I mm-hmm. apologize to you, Morgan. But <laughs> to him having nightmares, while well, it sounds like early era Depeche Mode plays, specifically yes. a broken frame era, second album Depeche Mode, just going. Bah, 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 bah. It's like, who? These last two episodes have gotten insane with the music because before I know. they were like soft rock and you know like some surf rock and now they're like what if i played for you some experimental industrial music and i'm like
1: i love it however it, it doesn't fit no it it super doesn't but also i would listen to this track like oh, absolutely it's just genuinely a very good dark synth tune like- it is but there's
0: nothing about baywatch even the dark moments that screams dark synth.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about music to know if I'm using terms correctly, but... No, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> you don't need to know. You just listen to that music and you're like, you know what I think fits best
1: with my beat boop
0: music? This show.
1: <laughs> this lifeguard show. Yeah. Yeah, we get uh, a brief glimpse into Court's Nightmare about someone drowning, I guess. And so... I don't watch this with subtitles. I know you do. Um, This dialogue, it's it's unintelligible, right?
0: Like that's no, it's it's not unintelligible. It's apparently they just copied the audio from the scene later when they have a flashback, but then like muffle it a bit.
1: Okay, I was going to say I listened. I rewound this like 30 seconds, probably five times trying to make out a single word. And I could not.
0: It's basically them just going, no, and, like, that's, that's, like, it. Sure. You know, it's, it's not important dialogue, but it's dialogue. So, <laughs> winner of the It's Dialogue Award
1: goes to <laughs> Paywatch. <laughs> the most coveted of the Academy Awards. <laughs>
0: Beach goers everywhere are, di- are are raving. It's dialogue.
1: <laughs> Roger Ebert raves. Baywatch. Technically, there's talking. <laughs> Boobs and talking. <laughs> Sorry, they didn't win at the Academy. They won at the Golden Globes. Um, uh, I apologize for that. Uh, that was
0: dumb. <laughs> that joke right there deserves a Razzie.
1: Oh, it sure does. Um, once uh, once Cork gets done with his dark synth nightmare, which is a great vaporwave track name. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. He wakes up and goes into the shop where he was sleeping in the back room. Which, Eddie- wait, wait.
0: The nightmare. Isn't that happening? Doesn't the room look dark?
1: Oh, yeah, no, I also did not understand the timeline here because it definitely looks like the middle of the night, and then he walks out, and it's, like, noon. Yeah, exactly. And
0: mm-hmm. the tone of this scene is so... It's so, so weird. So, like, he goes he goes from the nightmares to Eddie saying he wants to call in a pizza that is large, has onions, double cheese, and pepperoni, but mm-hmm. Clark hates pepperoni. <laughs> um, and I'm like,
1: <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I... I wrote so many notes about this dialogue exchange because it's so weird where, yeah, like you said, court's like, I hate pepperoni. I had a friend once who hated pepperoni, (laughs) but he would order it all the time just to make me mad. I think his name was Lance. We were at a picnic late night on the beach with a woman and then he drowned. And it was like, well, what the fuck are you going on about court? Like, I was like,
0: is this still the nightmare? <laughs> because watching this show is a nightmare. I'm kidding. Yeah. It's not. But this I, scene is
1: this scene is is weird in so many ways, in part because of the rambling nonsense story that I just talked about, and Mm -hmm. in part because you're like, oh, there's a nightmare, they're going to pay that off later. Sure, they do, uh, 45 seconds later.
0: Question for you, Mm -hmm. Morgan. Mm -hmm. What would you say is more rambling nonsense? Um, Crocodile Rabinowitz. (laughs) The watermelon baby.
1: Ooh, So Crocodile Rabinowitz at least is short. So, like, I feel like I can put that one aside. Okay. But between this and Watermelon Baby, that is tough. Because Watermelon Baby just comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have to go Watermelon Baby on
0: this. Yeah. I don't think anything will ever make me pause (laughs) an episode quicker than I did when I heard this reminds me of the Watermelon Baby. Oh, my Uh, God. (laughs) (laughs) This scene, though, did make me pause. I had to hold on a second and think, wait, what? Like, what just happened here? Um, And, of course, this leads into a flashback. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in this flashback, the context is uh, we see the flashback of his friend Lance Jarvis. Lance was married to a woman named Kate uh, a year ago all three were lifeguards and they were all on a beach and there's a challenge to swim to a buoy and uh court goes, but Lance doesn't come back. He goes missing. Mm-hmm. Court swims to find him, but he isn't there. And mm-hmm. Kate shouts at him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they never found him. A court blames himself for it. And then court says, oh, I haven't talked to her or heard from her in a year. And Eddie is like, go for it, buddy. Uh, mm-hmm. And they could have just had this, uh, yeah.
1: They didn't need pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't understand. But then the end of this scene is Court being like, also, I saw a guy on the boat who I think is Lance. <laughs> Which Eddie is like, oh, oh, I have no context for any of the words you just said, but sure. Yeah,
0: he's like, I actually didn't tell you anything during that uh, flashback. I mm-hmm. just said his name was Lance Jarvis, and then I said they never found him. And I, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, um, that, That's my canon, um, but it's probably not how this actually works.
1: We only hear one line of voiceover narration from Court during this flashback, and it is, yeah, him just being like, and they never found Lance. And so it's like. I knew a guy who ordered pepperoni to make me mad. <laughs> they never found him. Like, if you oh my, aren't the audience seeing him. that flashback, like you think Court really fucking hates pepperoni. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> just <laughs> like just like anytime someone orders pepperoni around me, I fucking shoot them.
1: So here's here's my new theory. Um Court. Ooh, ooh. Court is a mutated version of the Noid, who instead of stealing pizzas, I think, is that what the Noid did? He goes around and murders anyone who orders pepperoni. (laughs) But
0: like every, every inner topping is good. Just when he hears, smells or sees pepperoni, he goes into a rage.
1: Totally. Quadruple onion and cheese pizza. Totally fine. Just don't get any of those fucking peps near my pizza.
0: Quadruple onion. Oh my god, Morgan! What a travesty! You can't. It's you can barely fit like triple onion. I I don't even know anybody who's ever ordered double onion. (laughs) Anybody who orders double onion can't listen to this podcast. I'm just saying that. I
1: think. I think we need to get an official ruling from Luigi Primo on what the acceptable <gasps> multiplier of onions is on a pizza. OK,
0: so Luigi <laughs> Primo, we have talked about this before. Luigi Primo is this independent pro wrestler whose gimmick is that he makes a best of pizza. He's a best of wrestler. He's Luigi Primo. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's like fucking it. <laughs> uh, and I could tweet him and he has so few followers that we could probably get a response. Maybe we could even get a cameo, which
1: would be amazing. I desperately need you to tweet him the exact tweet. What is the correct multiplier of onions on a pizza? Just okay, just that.
0: <laughs> so we have this recorded. It's here. I mm-hmm. uh, can listen to this back, and then I can tweet him, and then we can find out, and we can get it for all of you good people. Absolutely. Uh, maybe put it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but next, next, let's go see the boys.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, we, uh, we have another scene where... Um, Mitch and Craig are going to go hang gliding, and Garner still isn't into it. And that's kind of the whole scene. There's a lot of these scenes. Well, there's (laughs) one amazing,
0: important line in this scene. Oh, I think I missed that. Uh, Garner says, if you guys really want to die so bad, I got a gun. Oh, yeah, that was. That made me laugh and then frown. Yeah. Like, really, really deep frown. Actually fun fact for the podcast I'm physically incapable of frowning um huh. it's just a thing I don't you I've told you this before i I don't know how to frown
1: huh i I it's a curse you may have told me but I forgot if you did
0: yeah I'm cursed with always smiling hmm. um just always being happy I'm not hmm. uh, I just don't know how to frown I turn into Donald Trump pout when I try to hmm. uh, I, I just don't know how to that's how bad this scene was yeah it was not good. <laughs> Um, But then Mitch (laughs) takes off the cliff and we get shots of roaring hills. And uh, I guess enjoy that while it lasts.
1: Yeah, we uh, we get a little bit of that. And then we get uh, court bringing Kate flowers while they catch up a little bit. Um, But she's moving and court's like, I'm sorry about Lance. And Kate's like, I don't want to talk about Lance. Get out. And then they hug and have serious chemistry. Like yeah okay I was I was gonna ask if it was just me like there's some weird sexual oh, tension here no there is major sexual energy between the two of them okay there's good. there's another pairing in this episode that has major sexual energy that we'll talk about in a minute yes yes <laughs> uh, I, I think you're thinking about what I'm thinking oh about. I'm very curious if you picked up on this as well because that's gonna be funny okay um. <laughs> um But yeah, after Court leaves, uh, we get some more hang gliding with Hotel Info Channel music. Um, (laughs) It truly just looked and sounded like like a Roku screensaver being played in a cheap hotel on the TVs. It does. (laughs) There's even a shot where
0: uh, they see a bird. And Mm -hmm. in my version, the bird is in the original 480p. uh, (laughs) 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 Which is perfect because you hysterical. see all this like up, up- staled, roaring hills <laughs> to this fucking shit bird <laughs> and Mitch just being like i have a friend I'd like you to meet Craig mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like that because that ain't real that bird's out of whack it's like it's distorted it's pixelated um yeah, oh, yeah. this scene this is so fucking corny yeah um uh, But then what happens, Morgan?
1: What happens is uh, Mitch hits a thermal and loses control, which makes him have to crash land. But Craig was too busy making coffee and cooking, so he didn't have his helmet on and doesn't hear Mitch call for help. Um, So Mitch lands in a tree and then falls out of the tree and breaks his leg. So you were clearly going to say that he has sexual chemistry with this tree, right? No, I was not, actually.
0: Okay. well, there's another one, but I'm sure the tree. Yeah,
1: the the sexual chemistry actually comes in in this next scene uh, where Craig is cooking up some breakfast or something and Garner's napping and Craig goes over to Garner and tries to wake him up and gives him this look that just. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, boy. It made me a little bit weak in the knees. Um, <laughs> this
0: is not what I thought you were going to say. There's another scene much later in the episode that I was like, oh, that feels like some sexual chemistry, but oh. it doesn't involve Craig, um, Craig and the
1: snake, Craig, no, and the Craig and father? Mitch. Oh, d- sure. Yeah. But that's <laughs> okay. That's, whatever. That's just like, that's just like baseline. You know what that's I mean? Like given. that's omnipresent. Yeah. The yeah. the shocker to me was Craig and Garner. Because yeah, like, okay, they're both fair. very attractive, and they like, are. I would, I would watch that. Oh, um. I, oh, <laughs>
0: absolutely! Sign me up for whatever Pornhub video that's on. Mm-hmm.
1: Talk about a Baywatch.
0: Um That's the first time we've done this joke, and I'm surprised it took us this wait, long. Really? To I
1: totally assumed that we had done that before. I huh. feel like
0: if I feel like we haven't. Maybe we did like episode one to get maybe. out of the way, but we haven't
1: continually made that joke, which surprises <laughs> me. That's true. That's true. Um next up we get Mitch splinting his leg and walks off by using part of the glider as a cane. Um and yeah, that's pretty much it. So the the last you know couple of notes that I have described is what fifteen minutes of the episode, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of not a lot happens for large portions of this episode. I,
0: I feel like most of the episode is is follow up to this. This is all set up.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's
0: true. It's it's actually pretty fairly paced. I think for for a forty minute
1: yeah something show, I think.
0: So fifty minute.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a little bit of a spoiler for my final thoughts, but I think I think one they could have cut some of the some of the establishing shots. Like we don't need like four establishing shots of they're all gonna go hang gliding. Like but how will you fill we got the time for one? <laughs> That's the, true. The next scene especially can be cut. Oh my god! Yeah. So a bunch two teens are fighting in the surf and court intervenes. And it turns out that the guy kissed another girl and the other girl is mad by other girl. I don't mean the girl that the guy kissed, but a different girl. None Mm -hmm. of this matters. Um, Mm -hmm. And court intervenes and breaks them up from fighting. And then they fight a little bit more and he walks away looking self satisfied and, Kate is at court's tower. And she's like, that turns me on. Yup. And she's like, I miss lifeguarding. And then court's like, we should get lunch. But Lance is watching them and it, he faked his death. And where is this going? Um, So one
0: of my key thoughts in this scene, which built over time mm -hmm. was you can't go to lunch. You're working. And then Mitch, I mean, court goes, Okay, Chris, you can take the tower. And I'm like, who the fuck is Chris? Mm-hmm. There's no Chris. Chris doesn't exist. The only other lifeguard died. Like that one yeah. lifeguard who drowned during an eclipse. He fucking, he's dead. Yeah. What Kenny, Carrie, Kevin, something with a fucking K. I don't yeah,
1: know. what the fuck was his name?
0: I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but Chris, no. No, I do not allow Chris to exist. Mm-hmm. Um. But Chris is going to take it. Now, what happens here is I tried to get audio of um, where it was they were going to go to eat, because I thought that was going to be very, very important. Uh, <laughs> but it was muffled, and the subtitles also said, unintelligible. So, for the first <laughs> time, I have let you down.
1: I'm very disappointed. You should be. Um. Next up, we... Uh, oh, wait, uh, also, mm-hmm. also important
0: kate does say let's have fun only the good times which oh my god like yeah this episode needs to calm down yeah the horny police are here
1: (laughs) i i am pro horniness on this show because at least it's interesting um so, <laughs> a quick, a quick random aside, because, mm-hmm. of
0: course, why the fuck not, in telling mm-hmm. you what's what's going on in wrestling Twitter these days... Yes, please. Uh, there is this Japanese woman named Maki Ito who is learning English week by week. Uh, and, of course, because uh, it's Americans teaching her English, uh, she first learned the swear words. Uh, <laughs> so she started tweeting out pictures. like she's She looks like every, like... She looks like this, like, Japanese, like, idol with, like, the lolicon kind of, like, fashion and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it does not fit with her tweeting out, watch your fucking back, motherfuckers. (laughs) Uh, Or she'll say, like, I learned something new. Go fuck yourself. Uh, So the other week. Some dude, like, was like, oh, my God, Maki, like, you should sleep with me, yada, yada. And her response was, give me your credit card number. And I fucking (laughs) lost it. That's amazing. (laughs) I fucking lost it. It's amazing. So this week, what she did was someone did that. And she also said... Bonk, here's the horny police. And I'm like, <laughs> you are the fucking best. I am so proud of you for learning English, but only meme
1: English. <laughs> Honestly, like learning swears in a foreign language is always the best way to start. Like when I when I went to Italy, one of the like first nights I was there, I was hanging out with some like random 50 year old software developers at a bar. Um, Classic. And they spent the whole night just teaching me Italian swear words. And it was the fucking best. Like (laughs)
0: Uh, when when I was uh, back in the day, when I was in college, uh, I was at a bar and my boss was like, meet this like 70 year old, like classic Italian woman. Uh, And he's like, you should you should uh, teach us some sort of like uh, toast. Uh, And she taught us this toast. I can't remember what it is. Uh, and it was something in Italian like, you know, cheers uh, to the men and the vaginas that they marry or something like that. I was like, <laughs> oh, Italian, oh. Italian is so specific. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> It's a it's a very weird language. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can cut that. I mean,
0: there's no need to keep that.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm definitely keeping that. <laughs> OK, fine. <laughs> Yeah, after, uh, after we get a very long shot of Lance watching Kate and Court, uh, we go back to hang gliding, um, where Craig is going to go look for Mitch and tells Garner that the radios only have a range of 10 miles. And Mm. Garner's like, I told you so. Hang gliding is bad. You shouldn't do that. Um, so then we get some shots where Mitch is kind of hobbling around, and Craig is flying around looking for him, and then Mitch falls over and finds a snake, and then the snake attacks him, and he falls down a slope and passes out, and then... This scene
0: is funny to me. Like, the yeah. way he trips down the hill, he just does full flips. It's it's oh, yeah. so comical.
1: Yeah. Now, it's it's a fun little, like, wilderness adventure sequence here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Craig, uh, finds the crash site and is like, Mitch isn't there. I'm going to keep looking for Mitch. And then finally he finds Mitch. But by this point he's gotten out of range of the radios. So Garner doesn't know what's going on. And before Craig left, Garner was like, you have 20 minutes or I'm going for a helicopter. And I don't understand why he didn't go for a helicopter right away. Craig tries. Well, he tries. Give some excuse. And, and. It doesn't make sense. Right. Well, so he's about to go for a helicopter, but I don't understand why he even waited this long. Oh, okay, um, fair. But so, yeah, he at this point, being unable to hear Craig on the radio anymore, goes to the Jeep to go uh, get back to like civilization and get a rescue team. And I did appreciate that they took the time to see to show us him uh, unhooking the trailer from the Jeep where we get two cuts of him unhooking the trailer from the Jeep. I do not understand why this was included. I did not notice. (laughs) He, like, he walks to the Jeep. The first thing he does, we see a shot of him bend down. Then we get a close-up of the trailer hitch and him unhooking it. And then another, like, medium shot of him looking at the trailer as it falls down, like, so that the, uh attachment point is like resting on the ground and then he goes and walks to the jeep and i was like look you gotta kill time yeah i guess so but it it just it was the most like blatant we gotta kill time like i uh, i don't understand but he he tries to start the jeep and it just won't start so now there's only one thing left for him to do which is to hang glide that's right when he said he would never hang glide (laughs) It means that he would. Um, Morgan. Yes. Just before we talk about this (laughs) scene,
0: uh, were you prepared for this scene?
1: Uh, A little bit, because when he said there's no possible way I'm ever going to hang glide ever again and you can count on that. uh, I went, oh, so he totally is by the end of this episode. By that, I mean how
0: ridiculous this
1: next oh, scene is. no, 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 no. I super wasn't prepared for the weird, cheesy dad rock with just like overlays of Garner's Oh, screen. dad rock?
0: Oh, dude! For me, we get Star Fox One Super NES Coronaria theme. Oh, <laughs> shit! That's what we get. Ooh. It's just really blocky synth noises.
1: There was a little bit of that, but there was also like some arena rock noises. I felt like <laughs> arena rock, or not not <laughs> arena, or arena hang rock, like, like like soft dad rock, I guess. Actually, is some more. Accurate description here. So more like
0: garage noises than an arena.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some real uh, some real cool cat noises.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. This scene is this scene had me in stitches. Mm -hmm. I could not stop laughing. I watched this scene over six times. (laughs) He's. It keeps on zooming into Garner going, Uh, and then like flailing around with these weird close up shots. And then he's like completely vertical at some points. And the hang glider is still moving across this background. It's so
1: bad and yet so good. And it just keeps going. Yes. Every time you're like, oh, we've seen three minutes of this. Surely they can't keep. Going, they don't have any more B roll footage. Nope, they've got another shot. They used <laughs> all of it. And at, oh, yeah. and by the way,
0: at the end of this scene, they show him going towards some houses, and you're mm-hmm. like, hmm. Oh, okay. The house is right next to Santa Monica Mountains. Okay, I, 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 sure. I mean that 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 reasonably sure. makes makes sense. He's going down
1: to town. I know. I'll get somebody. Clearly reasonable. But it's not. It's not just some houses, no, no, it is Shawnee's tower on the beach uh, whoa, whoa whoa in Los whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Angeles <laughs> that, spoilers <laughs> big spoilers for way later
1: oh yeah, a whole one scene later. <laughs> oh I
0: didn't even realize
1: it was one scene holy shit there's one there's one scene in between this okay, and so scene, not a spoiler. <laughs> And the, okay. the entire the entire scene that we briefly skipped over is Craig is radioing May Day when Mitch wakes up and he is somehow completely coherent and also mad at Craig.
0: Well, because his rescue training is bad. So you know, you gotta lambast someone for oh, that. God. But anyways,
1: I more hated, important, I hated Mitch in this episode so like he's, much. He sucks. He's, he's just sucks. such a dick this whole episode.
0: So more important. Mm -hmm. Let me read to you my exact note here. Please. So somehow, Officer Garner Ellerby has glided, hang glided, from the Santa Monica Mountains back to the Malibu Beach and is coming from the water side. So what this means is that either he has made some sort of giant C-shaped loop Mm -hmm. uh, that is highly reliant on winds, Mm -hmm. or... He has traversed the entire Pacific Ocean. <laughs> how is this scene supposed to work?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't understand any of this. I was so I was so confused when he showed up on the beach at Shawnee's Tower. I was I'm like, like, you took a car there. Yeah. how
0: it's gonna take you like seven hours to do that. California's big. <laughs> yeah. I d- actually let's do a little test here let's mm-hmm. do a, just do a little let's do a little check okay mm-hmm. Santa Monica <laughs> Google is gonna help us out here <laughs> I was just beginning to Google that myself <laughs> okay oh well actually you know what I can see how he comes from the water side yeah I'm a fucking idiot <laughs> well don't listen to us we're in Seattle. Okay, because <laughs> Malibu is to the west of Santa Monica. So, but he's in the mountains still. So he has to go down diagonally and then back up. It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, also, no, no, it, yeah, absolutely does not make sense. Uh, also, this is just a really long, it's, it's, it's quite long. So, uh, It still doesn't make sense. It makes more sense than we initially thought, but it's also still stupid.
1: Yeah, it's it's 25 miles, which still or well, 25 miles by road, I guess. But but this
0: is the wind. (laughs) You can skip
1: over the roads. That makes it quicker. That's true. It's it's like that old saying as the Craig flies or as the Garner in this case. As
0: as the officer
1: crows, yeah. <laughs> as
0: the lrbs you know? <laughs> so anyways, Officer Garner LRB coming in from the waterside, glides into Shawnee's tower mm-hmm. while really dangerous music plays. I also uh,
1: want to point out now that we know that Garner hates two of the four elements, both wind and water. So I'm very curious to learn what his feelings on earth and fire are.
0: Well, he hates Earth. Actually, he doesn't hate Earth. I assume he hates Earth uh, because I think he has uh, opinions on weed. Um, <laughs> uh, based on that time when he said Aretha, mm-hmm. and I thought he said reefer. Um, <laughs> uh, but fire, I'm sure he hates fire. That's true. Anyways, Shawnee <laughs> sees this. <laughs> this episode is a fucking trip, mm-hmm. y'all. Shawnee sees this and stares worryingly as Garner... Flying in screams, just <laughs> full on screams. Oh, yeah. And destroys the glider, like impales the glider. Like, I'm sh- not sure how this stunt actor is alive. Um, yeah. And then, like, dust and, and sand all over his face. And uh, Shawnee's like, Oh my God, Garner, are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, I'm okay. But Mitch isn't. And um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Whew, this is crazy. Yeah. There's, there's, some good, uh, there's some good stunt work in this episode, for sure. Between this yeah. and the rescue scene later on. There's good stunt work, I think, all the time in this show, technically. Yeah.
0: Other than the CPR.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, Craig decides to uh, drag Mitch into a cave where Craig has made a fire uh, because the two of them are caveman married now. And I'm very into it. Um, and Mitch doesn't like this because he's on the wrong side of the fire. And also, there aren't marshmallows. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just generally, generally, Mitch it's is so weird. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, he is like injured and potentially sure.
1: dying. Sure. But it—he just keeps being shitty during this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, you're not doing a good enough job of rescuing me, Um, which like there are there are times where you could be like, "Okay, hey, maybe uh, you should rescue me better. But like (laughs) in this case, he yells at Craig for bringing a med kit instead of food and tells him a candy bar couldn't have taken up that much space like fuck off. Yeah. And then he's like,
0: I should have brought a roast beef sandwich. Or, mm-hmm. It's just like it's, this. The scene is kind of pointless.
1: Yeah. Um. But after that, we get a scene where Court and Kate are outside of Kate's apartment flirting. Uh,
0: oh, bef- before you even say the next thing, mm-hmm. there's something very important we need to talk about here. Oh, yes, please. And that is Court tells Kate a story. And this story is about one time where he was caught speeding.
1: Oh Kate, yeah.
0: Kate says you weren't speeding. You were nearly supersonic, oh, which proves God, my no. theory that Baywatch and Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> movie universes are connected. <laughs> it's all been leading to this. Okay. Sonic is canon oh, in Baywatch. God. <laughs> All the weird, vague references I did to the bay- to the of the Hedgehog fight scenes, mm-hmm. they weren't for nothing. Yeah, yeah. They weren't just because I, I enjoyed that movie, kind of, sort of, that <laughs> one weekend I watched it.
1: No, it's because I knew this scene would happen, and I knew there was a connection. This whole podcast is just one giant red string board at this point. It, <laughs> at this point, you don't even need a red string. It's proven. It's just, just right that. Write that Wikipedia article. Yeah, it's really just a ring at this point. Just a, a perfect circle. Yeah, and that's a supersonic fact. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Not uh, not a
1: semi-sonic fact, because it's not closing time yet, because we've still got right. more episode.
0: Yeah, this is one of those theories, though, that you can really dig your knuckles into.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll yeah. be we'll be chasing our tails on this one for a while. <laughs> But right, you I are th- Robotnik. I don't know. I think we need to take Amy back on the plot now. What? Like take aim? I don't know. That was really bad. I don't. I don't. I don't get
0: it. <laughs> Whenever you're not making Sonic puns, it's time where I'm not getting what you're talking. About. <laughs> yeah, I have no other Sonic puns. I was trying to think of one. <laughs> But maybe you should be reading, watching, and playing more Sonic. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this next... Oh, and listening. Yeah. And listening, because there is Sonic music. That's true. This next scene is about to uh, be an adventure to battle. Um, well, and with one of our <laughs> heroes. Oh, yeah. Uh, because uh, Court and Kate, uh, before they go into Kate's apartment, uh, hear some weird noises inside... So Court throws open the door and there's someone shadowy inside Kate's apartment. And it's I mean, it's Lance. Like, even before you see his face, it's very clearly Lance. Like, who else would it be? Um, No, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. So he runs out the window and Court chases him down and then is very confused about the fact that it's Lance, which makes sense because he thought Lance was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we go to Lifeguard HQ, where Eddie, Shawnee, Garner, and Thorpe are organizing a rescue for Mitch and Craig, uh, but the weather is too bad for helicopters tonight, so Garner, Eddie, and Shawnee are going to drive there, and then in the morning, Thorpe's going to take a helicopter, um, and then they do that.
0: Wait, how long does it take to drive there? I thought you could get there
1: and hang glider in 10 minutes. Right? They say, so actually, well, so to be fair, he does get off into a weird rock quarry. But actually, yeah, now that you talk, now that you mention it, I didn't, I had given up on this episode making sense by this point, so I didn't think too hard about this. But they do say it would take them at least a few hours to get there, which. Right. So let's think about this. Yeah.
0: You know, 1980s traffic or early 1990 traffic in L.A., on a jeep Mm -hmm. versus a hang glider Mm -hmm. i still think the car would get there faster than the hang glider
1: yeah at the very least the car would not get there 6x times slower and what's especially weird (laughs) is if i remember correctly garner saying we have to wait until tomorrow for the weather to clear up so did eddie shawnee and garner drive all night to a place that, according to Google Maps, is a thirty-minute drive away.
0: You don't understand, Morgan. <laughs> I mean, look. There's the there's the random traffic that just appear. Uh, you know, there is um, inclement weather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cards subject to change, as we say <laughs> in wrestling. Uh, you know, just all sorts of factors here that could really just drastically change your trip length. Yeah. Um, uh, as, but a hang glider, it just flies over all <laughs> that plot contrivancy, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. No need to worry about getting stuck on the 405. If you're in a hang glider, I don't know if the 405 is the road you would take between those places. I've only been to Los Angeles once. You know what they could have done instead? morgan what could have called
0: our friend sonic mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have gotten there like that i mean he's True. like as fast as a car if not s- at least six times faster so he would have cut down on that yeah yeah faster than a hang glider that's his motto
1: yeah <laughs> you know that famous tagline they printed on all of the sonic boxes faster than a hang glider well your so new this is a fun friend. part
0: Morgan, did you know that Sonic actually does use a hang glider? Really? In Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay. He, You you use a hang glider. And it is the worst part of that <laughs> game. It, I hate it. Oh my god. It sucks to use. But he does use a hang glider. And it is noticeably slower than running. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they could have. They could have used that. Yeah. Uh, but they would have had to recode the game. That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, and it's just like... You know, do you really want to get into crunch for this like mediocre episode of Baywatch? Like it's just, it's just not worth it. Uh,
0: you say that, but I mean, I think this episode could have used some more blast processing, as Sonic says, <laughs> or a Sega honestly says. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if Sega directed this episode. Man, just think about the possibilities. Yeah. And by, I don't mean like a singular person at Sega. I mean the entire company Sega
1: <laughs> directed this episode. Yeah. If they had done that, it would have really been a genesis for some great things. Oh, man. What a dream cast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I do pun- no. Fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,. Anyways, where was I in my notes? Oh, yes. Next we get a scene back in Kate's apartment where Lance reveals that he faked his death because there was a million dollar life insurance on him and he had to have a rube there and ideally it would be a lifeguard rube and Kate knew about this but she wasn't happy about it then and she isn't happy about it now and lance talks about but it's okay because it was really hard because i had to go live in cabo for a year and wash dishes (laughs) and eat beans um and then court is like i'm turning you in because this is fraud and kate since you haven't gotten the money yet, this isn't actually fraud, which I'm I'm like 100 percent certain is not how law works. Now, I am I am not a lawyer and I am not your lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that committing life insurance fraud does not stop being fraud if you admit to the fraud before you get the check.
0: I mean, I'll ask my lawyer friends, but uh, <laughs> I, I,
1: I think they're going to come back with a hard no. Yeah, yeah. It certainly, it certainly doesn't feel like how things work. Lance is just, like, so creepy during this scene, and Kate mm. has no desire to be part of it, but Lance, like, throws her against a wall and is like, fuck you, we're doing this, um, cause I had to spend a whole year in Cabo washing dishes and eating beans, <laughs> um, and Yeah. But Court leaves and is like, I'm turning you all in because famously I like cops and the law. <laughs> yeah. And have never done a scheme before. Um, did this feel as out of character? For court to you as it did to me. Yeah, it absolutely did. It's so odd. The the one part they tried to to use to
0: justify this was Lance saying, like, you're not like you're not a saint either. Or like you've done Mm -hmm. your fair share of stuff. And court's just like, "Okay," Uh, And then just like basically, you know, it glances off of him. Yeah. And um, he's not a hero. He's an anti-hero. You can't just play him as a hero.
1: Literally, we're introduced to him. By him beating up a bunch of bikers, making out with a random woman who was dating one of the bikers, and then stealing that biker's motorcycle. Like a few episodes ago, we
0: had him pretending that someone was was falling off of like you know a hanging or hang glider on a jet ski, like whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah. Like every single episode, Court is the bad boy. Yeah. So like, why? Yeah. Why is I don't. Yeah. Something I do want to add to this scene, mm-hmm. uh, which I just thought was very funny. Two things was, at the beginning of the scene, Lance is trying to justify why he did all of this. And he says this line that goes, come on, you were there. You had eyes. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, worded, it's pronounced just like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's another part where uh, Lance says, look, you know, I was going to cut you in for the money anyways. And court pushes him against a wall, and it goes, "Rang," um, <laughs> which also I, I'm like, "Couldn't you have taken another cut of that?" Uh, <laughs> like, was that your only cut you got? Um, yeah. All of this is just so it's it's badly acted. Oh yeah. It, the only good actor in the scene is the woman who plays Kate, who visibly looks uncomfortable yeah, because that's what she's supposed to look and it's done well she plays that well everybody else is is not acting well they're pronouncing words all weird and characters are being written in ways that don't make sense
1: yeah this whole episode the the acting is uh not up to the very low bar of acting that normally happens on baywatch we can't <laughs> all be
0: captain thorpe you know oh yeah Oh boy. We can't all be Shakespearean actors. <laughs> we can't all be reading lines like this. <laughs> that right, Riley? Ain't that ain't that right? You're a lifeguard, you're not a machine. A, you're a lifeguard, damn it, not a machine. <laughs> Let's all
1: get on our disco duds. Oh my God. So, uh, the jungle. <laughs> God, that fucking scene will haunt me until the end of my
0: days. (laughs) I'm just going to always, whenever I want to go out on the town, you know, once uh, we get out of Mm -hmm. quarantine, is I'm just going to say, let's go get on our disco disco duds.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Next up, we're back in the cave. Um, and Mitch has passed out again and Craig is redoing the tourniquet. And so I am, I am, I am not a, a medicine man or a doctor (laughs) or any sort of professional. Um, but he takes the tourniquet completely off to reapply it lower than where it originally was. And that felt wrong to me. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works.
0: I think especially as the swelling is going up your leg, right? Like, wouldn't you want to place it higher?
1: So if the whole point of the tourniquet is to stop the venom from going further into your body by constricting blood vessels, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so...
0: Look, that, this scene is, yeah. is all sorts of whack. There's also a commentary in this scene about Craig saying he didn't bring marshmallows because they're bad for your teeth. Yeah. Like, and also, also... Mm-hmm. Craig gives Mitch a branch and Mitch sees termites (laughs) and Craig is aghast. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of this scene is pointless, but
1: establishing that they are truly meant for each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is some real odd couple shit right here. Like, but I like it. I I, kind of like it. Like,
0: I hate it, but I like it.
1: It's that's the thing. It's like it's a good scene. If this weren't Mitch because it's not mitch like it's so right. not his character that we've seen in any other episode and like i'm willing to give some leeway for the fact that he is like weak dying. and hungry and dying of snake venom but like goddamn <laughs> like, oh no morgan whenever
0: <laughs> i'm dying i'm usually just like no take your time
1: yeah but like i feel like we've seen mitch in other like very stressful situations and he's always the like chill calm one and so for him to flip completely to just being this like whiny passive aggressive asshole was like what the fuck dude he's usually not injured though that's true that's true it's usually someone
0: else is just is injured or dying or something yeah uh and he's like look i can solve this by just jumping on shit and swimming yeah things. (laughs) this time he's like i can't jump or swim that's my legs yeah uh
1: so maybe maybe that's why yeah this also speaking of mitch being the like one in danger in this episode him being the one in danger honestly kind of like ruined this episode for me because like obviously nothing bad is ever going to happen to him so it completely ruined like any stakes for me i i had a hard time caring i don't think there were supposed to be stakes though that's the thing
0: i don't think they're trying to make you believe that he's actually going to die i think they're just trying to show you a day in the life of
1: sure but if there's no stakes then why do i care about this episode
0: Fully. Because I see it as like a soap opera, where in a soap opera you have 13 billion episodes and you can't have every single episode be like, I'm like, this is where the show's going to end. Um, sometimes it just has to be a run of the mill slice of life. Uh, and now, run of the mill slice of life does not describe necessarily. Uh, I fell out of a hang glider into a tree. I broke my leg and then a snake bit me and now I'm dying <laughs> from, from venom. Um, but it is, in a way, a slice of life compared to, like, you know, Jill dying or um, uh random other character who may get hurt or something like that. I don't know. Sure. Like, I... I I guess I don't have as much of a problem with that just because I'm like, I I understand that some episodes are not designed to be that. It doesn't mean they're going to be as good episodes, but I get why they do it. Like a Monster of the Week episode, like show, isn't going to make every single episode be like, man, I think there's going to be an episode where they fucking die. Sure. It's going to be like, this is an episode where it's just like a thing happens that you know is like procedural and they do just because like they got to have an episode in the show running. And that's what this is. That's fair.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess I just don't watch enough like soap opera stuff. <laughs> well, you've watched a bunch of Monster of the Week shows, though. That's true, but at least I feel like in the Monster of the Week shows that I've watched, a lot of the time, like like sure, the stakes are never the main characters are going to die in a Monster of the Week episode, but at least it might be like part of the city is going to be destroyed. Or like innocent people are going to die or something where there was just nothing here. Like there were the just The Monster no... of the Week
0: is the anger inside of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not i am not saying this episode is the greatest thing ever at all. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely not saying that. But I'm also saying it fits perfectly with the Monster of the Week formula.
1: No, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And like, I don't... I don't hate this episode. Like, I think it was perfectly fine, as we'll see when we get to ratings. But it, yeah. it just it was something that I was thinking about while I was watching this episode and kept finding myself completely unable to pay attention to large stretches of it because I already knew what was going to happen. And so it made it not interesting. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, but yeah, next up, we get a shot Of Court looking pensively out at the night ocean while very cheesy music plays. And it's a great little shot. And I appreciated it because it's not a scene is pointless. (laughs) Oh, it's completely pointless. And it's not a good shot, but it is a very good shot. Like it's just like on brand for Baywatch. Oh, it
0: absolutely is. It's a very Baywatch shot. And I kind of like the Baywatch shot. Yeah. It's just like a scene that means nothing. It's meant to be like deep and shit, but is it? It's it's very aesthetic. And I'm I'm here for it. I am about the Baywatch aesthetic. Yeah. Like, let's be real. I I hate everything about the beach, but I love the (laughs) Baywatch
1: aesthetic. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious to see. What will happen once like '90s nostalgia becomes popular? Because I feel like we're wrapping up '80s nostalgia at this point, and so we've got to mm. get into '90s soon. So I want to see what like what is vaporwave gonna do with these like early '90s things? Like that's got to be such an interesting. Just wait, Morgan, because there's like
0: there's Baywatch music videos and stuff that I've seen that are just like oh mm-hmm.
1: oh it's gonna be some Ooh, good I bet. shit. <laughs> Ooh, I cannot wait. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have like oh god, I don't even like Are we gonna start Are we gonna start getting EDM remixes of grunge? Cause I'm not sure I'm mentally prepared for that.
0: I don't think we're gonna get EDM remixes, but I do think we're gonna get some grunge at some point. Or grungy. It's like how uh so back in like early nineties. You know, obviously, like '91 or so, you, like you had, um, you had Nirvana. So everybody was into like, mm-hmm. man, let's sound like Nirvana. So I remember around the time, like, you would watch a media and they would have things that would be like, dum mm-hmm. dum 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 did it. Du, 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 du. And they would like change cool. some notes here. I was like, it's not. So it's like teen spirit. Don't worry. It's it's it sounds yeah. like it, but it's not like the vanilla ice kind of thing where it's like it's that extra <laughs> yeah. duh that really changes the song. You know, I oh bet we're going to get that.
1: Oh, my God. I'm so I'm so curious to know what 90s nostalgia is going to look like, because like it'll be the first decade that I've lived through. That there will be nostalgia content for. And, like, sure, I was six when the 90s ended, but, like, still. Do you... Have you ever watched anything, like, a series from the
0: 90s that's had nostalgia in it?
1: Um, like, nostalgia for decades previous from the 90s? I'm I'm confused. No, no. I mean, like, because you're, like,
0: so excited for it, but, like, is this a new experience for you, like, watching a 90s show?
1: Um, a little bit. Okay, okay. That's gonna be fun, then. It's, I, I didn't grow up with TV, right. so I have not seen most of the '90s fair, shows. Fair, fair. Like the only, the only ones I can think of that I've seen are Freakazoid <laughs> and Clone High. I didn't realize Clone High was in the '90s, but I own all of Freakazoid on DVD. I love Freakazoid so much. It's um, I think Clone High was 2000, actually. Um, so right on that borderline. Did, did you not see like Prince of Bel-Air, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or anything like that? Never, never seen an episode in my life. Wow. Saved by the Bell? Nope. Man, that's going to be our next podcast is Saved by the Bell. The only, the only two other 90s sitcoms that I've seen, I've seen Friends all the way through. Okay, well, when I-, I was a teenager. For
0: that because, uh. I was was like 14. Everybody but me watched that show. And I chose (laughs) to not
1: watch it because it sucks. Anyways. The other one I've seen a ton of is Full House. Okay. um, Because my sleep schedule right after college was so weird that I would go to sleep around 1 p.m. and wake up around 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. And uh, the house I was staying at at the time the person whose couch I was sleeping on always had the TV on. And so between like 11 and one was just full house on whatever channel it was. So I would fall asleep to full house like every single day. And so I've seen a lot of full house. I feel like never well, fully awake. I, I,
0: I I, I nostalgically think of full house is like a sister show to Baywatch in that like they have this really corny aesthetic, but, all the shows around that time kind of had that aesthetic. Um mm-hmm. I'd be really curious for you to see like Boy Meets World and Saved by the Bell, especially Boy Meets World is actually good. Um Saved by the Bell is uh, has its good moments, uh but man, I'd be so curious. Maybe there's some Baywatch <laughs> crossover episodes of other shows. We Ooh, publish. maybe. Uh, I ought to look into maybe. that. Maybe. But anyways, um Anyways, <laughs> yeah, our next scene is really fucking important. Thorpe is in a helicopter and Mikey Newmi is there. Mikey Newmi, Mikey Newman. Mm-hmm. He's a, he has a billion names, all all the names of God right there. Real Mikey Newman. <laughs> yeah, the old Newman Mike's. <laughs> Newman. Uh, and he has one line and he goes, he says something like, I don't know, and then they cut
1: away. <laughs> yep.
0: God, what a great actor!
1: <laughs> oh yeah, um, but yeah, uh, neither the chopper nor the ground team is able to find Mitch or Craig, and that's the whole mm-hmm. scene. After that, we get a scene where Court goes to the shop, but Lance is waiting there, so they fight, and then just as wait, 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 uh, Lance, loses, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm, this is a fight scene. It sure
0: is. Now, it's not a bar fight scene. True. But it is a solid fight scene. So, we do need to use the Santa the Hedgehog bar fight... of the Hedgehog movie bar fight scale here. Uh, now, Morgan, yes. I did send you the of the Hedgehog movie bar fight scene. Did you watch it?
1: This is true. You, you did send it to me. However... I
0: have not. Ah, Okay. So anyways, so (laughs) on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie bar fight scene, fight scene scale,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: where the Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie bar fight, fight scene is a 10 out of 10. This on the Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, the bar fight, fight scene scale, (laughs) it rates. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 because there is there is all sorts of weapons, cool weapons used in this scene. At one point, Court uses a fucking surfboard. Like, he takes a surfboard and he smacks Lance on the head with it, a little horny bonk, you know, there. Uh, And then uh, (laughs) they throw him into, like, a cash register and then into, like, some counters and stuff. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot of good good props in this scene. I really love a good fight scene with props. Um, Oh, yeah. Now that I think about it, it is rather short. So I am going to have to drop it down a few more pegs. I'm going to actually now drop it to a six. Uh, it would have been mm. top tier if it was longer. Man, maybe would even get that coveted nine out of ten because nothing will ever top the Sonic the hedgehog, the movie <laughs> bar fight scene um, as a whole. Not just the, not just the fight. All the conversation that goes on in that in that scene. Yeah, this was had potential but it just didn't yep. make it
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna give it I think of you can't rate it you can't rate it until you watch because I think unlike the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog bar scene no. this one didn't have gangsters Paradise playing underneath it and so it's not as good well you're right
0: Morgan <laughs> um, <laughs> you also are not an expert like I am and <laughs> Frankly, that hurts me that you would say such a thing without the proper knowledge. Um, you and this fake news media that is just mm-hmm. yourself and your brain. Um, you can't be saying stuff like this on Maine. You know, no horny on Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: no ratings on on datings. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah.
1: No ratings on datings. Oh, boy. This, uh, this segment is going to cast a shadow over the whole podcast. Ah. You know,
0: Uh, you know, all of this is just some sort of silver blur to me. Do you not get that one? There's a character named Silver from Sonic 06 who, like, has time control and he's also a hedgehog okay but he's like silver and his name is (laughs) silver uh and it's all it's all stupid it's really bad
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah my experience with sonic is that the less attention you pay to like the lore and the characters uh, and the writing, uh, the happier. No,
0: that's be. not true because I have paid so much attention <laughs> to the lore. And literally, I'm thinking about making a PowerPoint presentation on the lore of the Santa Hedgehog Archie comic series. Um, oh, I'm yes. clearly a very happy person. So you're wrong, <laughs> except for the times that I'm not happy. Maybe I should blame mm-hmm. that on Sonic. Maybe I should be talking to my therapist yeah. about Sonic. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Have you talked to your
1: therapist about Sonic? <laughs> if you or a loved one has been negatively affected by Sonic, you may be eligible for a settlement today. <laughs> oh, man. Look, I, I
0: swear, I didn't mean to rob the bank It was the Chaos Emeralds. (laughs) Chaos is in the name. (laughs) Sonic is so fucking amazing, yet also stupid. (laughs) Like, okay. Like, the idea of Sonic itself is already flawed. Mm -hmm. That a hedgehog Mm -hmm. runs really fast, partially because of his shoes are really cool and good, um, but on the other True. hand, that he just has some sort of like, genetic disposition to being fast. Um, but that also an Echidna who doesn't have the same genetic disposition can run about as fast as him. Um, but he has different yeah. shoes. Now there's a, There's, like, a fox person who has tails that spin really fast. And that makes sense. But he also has shoes. Um, And these shoes make him run really fast. Now, who can't run really fast? Robotnik, the man who has bigger shoes. And as you all know, biggest Mm -hmm. shoe is best shoe. So this doesn't make any sense
1: to me. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's, uh... It's almost like these games were never intended to have their lore studied. That or it's telling us
0: something truly Darwinian about how humans have evolved into being slow.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, Sonic is an alien, I think, or something. Oh, right. No, sorry. He was he was originally a hedgehog who lived next to a brewer joint in Hardy, Nebraska, and his real name is Sonny Hedgehog. Um, and, oh, have you not read the Sonic Bible? No. Well, it tells us wonderful things like, he is naturally fast as he runs along hedgerows at great speeds, a skill he inherited from his deceased father. <laughs> and also things like uh, Kinto Boar, who is Dr. Right, Robotnik... Right operates a lab under a local toxic waste dump where he rescues poisoned and struggling animals. Uh, that part wouldn't be that far removed from the comics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, in the comics, do you know what Sonic's real name is? Uh, it's not Sonic. No. What is it? I'll give you one guess, and I'm going to inform you you'll never get it. So guess anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Steve.
0: <laughs> no but that's amazing uh, it's maurice ogilvy hedgehog What? The fuck? i'm not even joking it's maurice ogilvy now his grandpa is named ben okay so they're like maurice ogilvy and it's like what about what about you granddad i'm just ben just ben the hedgehog you know <laughs> just good old ben hedgehog ben the. Yeah. uh but uh yeah, Sonic is laughably amazing. Like you're right about yeah. like Robotnik is uh, uh, Ivan Kintober, uh, and uh he's like a nice guy in an alternate universe, uh, and then this universe is bad and evil. Um, but in all universes, <laughs> um, a giant race of um half octopus, half brain aliens called the Zorda uh come in and start experimenting on humans uh, and then uh Ivan Kintober kills one of them and that creates a galactic war which Sonic eventually has to solve
1: of course you know you know
0: the Zorda all of those yep. things
1: yeah that's that's definitely the impression i got from a game where you run no, from like left left comics as fast as don't you can. worry about
0: it this <laughs> is the comics it's expanded lore <laughs> You want to know what else is expanded lore? What? Kate says that Lance came back because (laughs) Kate wasn't going to take the money.
1: That's Mm -hmm. expanded lore right there. It sure is. And then she apologizes to court for lying to him and they hug.
0: Well, besides just hugging, she like tugs at his shirt in a really
1: sexual way. Oh, yeah. No, they are.
0: Definitely gonna No, fuck. they're not. That's the problem here. Like this was a friend mm-hmm. hug, but the sexual mm-hmm. well, everything else. Pretty sure they're gonna fuck. Okay, they probably will. I hope they do. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. she, like, based on just her appearance, I'm surprised she wasn't a character who was in more episodes. Like I'm surprised mm-hmm. this wasn't like an earlier episode character and it's like long-term girlfriend for court.
1: Yeah, they've got they've got similar energy. And so I could definitely see that similar.
0: I'm going to lie about being rich energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Shit. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, totally. But yeah, I, they, they could definitely be a long-term thing. If court wasn't one of those guys who's like, I don't do relationships. Fuck off court. You know, he's said, that. he
0: absolutely has said,
1: said that. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> Um, but now, now we get into the last little stretch of the episode, which is that we get some more rescue scenes, uh, where the ground team and the helicopter keep looking for Craig and Mitch, and then finally they find them on the ground, but they can't land in the quarry because the wind is too strong. Um, and then they all rappel down into the quarry, uh, but there keeps being dramatic shots of, like, rocks falling, and zero it's tension. like something's gonna happen, There's Zero tension. and there is nothing yeah. yeah it's it's absolutely point yeah
0: it's it, out of the pointless scenes that they have done in this show this feels like the most pointless scene they have ever done yeah
1: no I completely agree I was watching the whole thing like
0: there's like 50 seconds left in the episode <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. like gotta throw some tension and I'm like who are you fooling nothing's gonna happen <laughs>
1: everyone is looking at their watch and going
0: like wow it's almost time for a commercial
1: yeah Um, But yeah, they eventually all get to the bottom completely safely. And none of them even seem to have noticed that Thorpe kept fucking up. Uh, And then they go to lift Mitch onto a stretcher and Thorpe goes, all right, lift on three, three. And they lift Mitch onto the stretcher. And that was dumb. And I was like, you're not like the point of counting to three to lift someone onto a stretcher is not to... Startle the person you're lifting onto the stretcher into being lifted onto the stretcher. It's so that all of you can coordinate and not hurt the person. By saying we lift on three and then immediately saying three, you're just fucking with Mitch and hurting right. him. Right? Like, what the fuck? Why are like this? Is who Mitch should have been yelling at for bad rescue efforts, It's not fucking Craig. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's the whole episode. Well, so we get our ending
0: line, which is Mitch says, well, what are you waiting for? An invitation? Um, yep. Uh, Morgan, yep. what would you rate this episode?
1: Oh man. I, for as much like, for as much as I've shit talked like Mitch's character in this and just generally it being dumb, I actually think it was a pretty middle of the road episode. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a five, um, and I'm going to describe five as the experience of uh, getting rescued, but it takes a lot longer than you'd like, and there isn't even a single roast beef sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> How about you,
0: Michael? Um, I actually had a lot of fun. I laughed a lot at this episode. Um, that Garner scene was crazy funny. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven, um, and I think a seven is honestly just a real Sonic Gems collection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate
0: it. I, 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 th- yeah. I thought it was. You know, I've seen a lot worse, and I've had. I, I thought it. It, it was a good way to spend some time.
1: Yeah, we have. We have definitely watched episodes that were so much worse oh, than this. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it just it just kinda didn't do a lot right. for me. But yeah. No, I thought I thought it was fine. Like I would I would much rather watch this than like Armored Car or honestly even Shark Derby. Like I think this was a better episode than Shark I, Derby. s we're
0: still on that road <laughs> of Shark Derby was one of the less good episodes of Baywatch even though it's the highest mm-hmm. rated episode which makes no sense to me. Um yeah. But on that note, let's talk about the next episode. Uh the yes, final nice. episode of season 1 of Baywatch and it is called Oh man, the end? question mark. <laughs> um it is the last original episode produced by NBC. After this episode, the show was canceled. Um, And, of course, once we get into Season 2, we'll probably dedicate some time into talking about that process. But uh, let's go into what happens. So first we have our Baywatch wiki uh, description, which is, An earthquake shakes Baywatch headquarters and causes many problems for the lifeguards, and for one, a life-altering decision is made. Um, dun dun dun! Now uh, there's we're not going to reveal now. We'll reveal next week, uh, but there are going to be some <laughs> characters who will not be coming back for this show.
1: Ooh,
0: uh, I don't even know who those are. But one important one, I I feel like I can spoil uh, because it's not that sure. big. Is that it's the last episode of our current actor portraying Hobie?
1: Oh, okay. As in season
0: two, we get a new actor playing Hobie for the rest of the show. Gotcha. Yeah, so, I mean, oh, man, got to miss blonde blonde Hobie. Uh, then we get mm-hmm. raven-haired Hobie. Um, now, IMDb description. A massive earthquake strikes Southern California, causing... Oh, sorry, I'm going to do this my Captain Thorpe voice. A massive earthquake strikes Southern California. Causing extensive damage to headquarters. Mitch and Garner look for Craig and Court, who are trapped inside an underwater cave where poisonous gas is emitting deadly fumes. Eddie <laughs> is stuck inside of a lifeguard tower with a woman who is about to give birth. And that's a... Uh, wow, that's a that's oh. a that's a lot. Yeah. That's a, that is. Yeah. So something we should also add that I really literally just discovered is that this episode is going to be kind of important. Um, it's going to come back. Scenes from this episode will be reused throughout the TV show. Uh, wow. By which I mean, like, in season five, they're going to show some clips from it. Um, but... Wait, this this episode? Or oh, next, next episode? episode. No, fuck this episode. Okay. No one kisses okay. a okay.
1: shit. I was like, really? <laughs> it's not like he's
0: going to have, like, a limp for the rest of time because he got bitten by a snake. No, he's healthy. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like, oh, man, Lance, ah, um... No, mm-hmm. no. Uh, the next episode—it's going to be very important, um, and you know it's a big deal because it is, you know, the f- season finale and for a small amount of time, the series finale of Baywatch, yep. a show which honestly, when I w- when I think about this this series that we've watched so far, there's no way I can see this show only lasting a single season. Uh, it seems too yeah. big. It seems too successful. Uh, even without considering every other season, it seems just too perfect for television um, for there to be only one season of it.
1: Yeah, this is such like good easy watching. Like this is perfect like background television for most of these
0: episodes. Oh, absolutely! I have a friend who has been uh, starting to watch the episodes while doing other other stuff, and they're just like, "This wow. is perfect. This is perfect." Uh, so yeah. I think this show is, it definitely has a good niche. um, And that niche is people who want to talk about it on a podcast um, and spinsters. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, Morgan, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, and I understand why they did it and like it makes sense in a show like this, but the fact that, everyone has completely forgotten about Jill just like really stuck out to me during this episode where I was like, no one was in the slightest affected by her dying by this point. It has been, if we assume that episodes are chronological, which they very much aren't because they were written in, as far as I can tell, random order. Um, No one gives a fuck about Jill a week, two weeks after she died like right
0: i i mean Shawnee spent last episode uh you know dealing with her ptsd uh, and this episode mm-hmm. she's not there to deal with the ptsd so i <laughs> well, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't know but maybe um maybe they'll
1: talk about her again i don't honestly know i doubt it I I can't imagine her ever being mentioned on this show again. Honestly, I can't imagine on the season finale
0: slash they thought series finale. Maybe they'll be like, and Jill, and there'll be a shot of okay, Jill. Okay,
1: maybe. Yeah, that actually makes sense. I could see them doing that for the season finale, but it'll yeah, be like the ending just... of Freakazoid, where everyone comes out for like the <laughs> piano concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say it's it's so indicative of. Like TV writing of the time where it's like this is pre like week to week serialized shows where like you were expected to be watching them in order and like care about that. And this feels like the most vivid example well, of that to me of like, no, a cause... major character death happened two episodes ago and no one even remembers. You say that, like but, Morgan, <laughs> you're forgetting again. Soap operas exist and soap operas are serialized. That's true, but the the average show definitely was not that. Like it was not a thing outside of soap operas yet. Uh
0: yeah, you know, I guess there were, you know, there were episodes and there were arcs like, you know, who shot sure. JR Dallas stuff. But yeah, overall, the honestly the only thing I can think of where you were expected to watch each week to know what was happening was pro-wrestling, honestly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, like, And I don't mean that just because like I'm a big fan of wrestling. It's the only thing I could think of in like 1990, where you're like, yeah, there's a week-to-week story, and then it builds to a story. Uh, and it, it just happens each week. Because usually it is one-offs. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. odd to think about. I mean, uh, probably the first yeah. big one was uh Carnival. Um, and then that got canceled yeah. and that was two thousands. Uh, and yeah. then it was lost probably.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the wire was before both of those though. Right. And that was like super week to week serialized, but that was also HBO. Uh, let's so see. Like- the
0: wire was 2002. 2004? Oh, two. Okay. Carnival. Lost was like, oh, six, uh, Carnival. Was two thousand three? Okay, yeah. Okay, so it was first the wire. I mean, I I think of yeah, uh, the carnival was probably a little bit more. No, carnival was HBO as well. Okay, so yeah, it really was just HBO um, that was doing yeah. this.
1: Lost Lost was really the big one that like brought it into the oh absolutely from everything that I understand. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely it's just. You know, as someone again who who didn't really watch a lot of nineties television growing up, other than like, you know, cartoon shows. Like I watched SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents and stuff, which are like I don't mean to diss them, but they're not like serious, dramatic, serialized shows where there's recurring plot lines from week to week. You know. Yeah. It's eleven minute cartoon episodes. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just really interesting watching this and, and reflecting on like how much the Media landscape has changed. Like these days, you can't like you can't even really do a sitcom without week to week continuity. Like, yeah, I'm, much much less a supposedly dramatic show. Life. The
0: only ways like shows do it without week to week is if it's slapstick. Yeah, yeah, totally. Otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm struggling to think of things. I mean, like slapstick or or like sketch comedy. Um, but sure. even then, like. Uh, I was gonna say, there's some sketch comedies that even then still have continuity, which is scary to think about.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, you know, you don't expect, like, I think you should leave to have episode to episode continuity. (laughs) No, no, absolutely
0: not. No, I'm trying to think there is some.
1: I feel like How To with John Wilson had a little bit week to week but that's because it's really more of like a documentary thing
0: right and it's not like I think of uh, Joe Parra talks with you it's in a way slice of slice of life sketches in a way that are Mm -hmm. connected Uh, which by the way Joe Parra talks with you was like the greatest show ever made everybody should watch that Um, I'm also realizing right now that there was actually a bigger show before Lost, but after Carnival, which was Battlestar Galactica.
1: Oh yeah,
0: which is also I'm um, I'm just shocked right now by, by by looking at this timeline of like these big shows and thinking about all of the like the serialized shows and I mean the early two thousands were crazy for that. You also had like Fringe, you know, which was more towards yeah. the end of Battlestar Galactica, but like or, I mean of of Lost. But you also had like Buffy, uh, which sort of had some of that, I guess. Um, like man, sci-fi, really, really helped. Oh, yeah. with that. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah, I'm not shocked. Like, look, this was this was the TV landscape. Uh, we're so used to this kind of stuff now that I think we're a little bit conditioned to to think of that as lesser, and. Uh, But also it is lesser because this is absolutely worse television than Battlestar Galactica. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But uh, I still love it. I honestly like it more than Battlestar Galactica because I'm trash. Uh, And also because (laughs) after season two of Battlestar Galactica, I stopped caring. I've I've always meant to watch that show. Uh, Okay, so watch the pilot. The hour and a half long pilot, that's pretty good Season one is fantastic, season two Is pretty darn good, and then you get um, a character So, jar- I know people who've watched Bowser Galactic going to hate me for this uh, There's a character who's just that same Character but fat, uh, they literally Call him fat that Um, okay And he's just like, I'm depressed And I'm fat now, um And I was right. like, I don't care Get out, and uh Yeah, yeah but the first two seasons, it's like, oh, man, this is fantastic television. Uh, yeah. So I'd say watch that and then stop. Just stop. <laughs> I know you can't, but do it.
1: Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Uh, but speaking of stopping, I think it's about time for us to stop this podcast episode. Mm. Uh, and so I guess all that's left is to say thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P Thrapp.
0: And I am at SnotSnit S N O T S N I
1: T. And we'll see you next week. And just remember hips, lips, and fingertips.
0: Ew.